thank you very much, Esti. Uh, very good afternoon to everybody who's uh, in the Asia time zone. Uh, I know we have uh, quite a number of people also that are UK facing, so good morning to you um, as well. We're delighted that this has got appeal across the continents. Um, this is BritCham CEO series, uh, as Asti mentioned, led by BritCham Professional Women's Group. Those uh, photos at the beginning really were snapshots of 10 years worth of development and some great content and some wonderful examples of leaders in business, in society, in communities. Um, <clears throat> I won't go with the introduction of our guest today. I'm going to leave that to uh, Sonny, but I'd just like to share that uh, actually in recent months, Brit Cham has had something of a relationship with Unilever. Um, just a few months ago, uh, Alan Joppy, CEO of Unilever PLC, uh, was our guest. Um, more recently, Arif Hudaya. Um, but the content of both of those were also, yes, about sustainability, but more in the context of climate change. And today's subject being purpose-led and future fit to grow your business sustainably is a different type of sustainability. Um, it's a particular pleasure that this uh, professional women's group is open to uh, gents as well as ladies. Uh, thanks for affording us that privilege, Sonny. Um, I would like to thank very much our sponsors who are now the annual sponsors of the activities of Britcham's professional women's group. And uh, they are 57 Promenade, uh, South Quarter, Shell Indonesia and Unilever Indonesia. Um, with that, I'd just like to uh, mention that there's plenty of opportunity for you to scribble some questions in the box. Please do so, and either Sonny or myself will, will get to them and uh, give an opportunity for you to hear specific answers to things that interest you from our speaker. And with that, the lady who really has been the drive behind the sustainability of the professional women's group, also our board member, Sonny. Thanks, Sonny. Thank you, Chris, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Now, I would like to, first of all, uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, I would like to remind you that we have been, uh, the Professional Women Group has been 10 years now, and we are really proud to be the only, the Britcham is the only Chamber of Commerce which has a women's sector group for the last 10 years. And thank you to Chris Wren and the team that set up our group. And I'm really honored to have been part of this group for the last 10 years. And also to have met so many exciting speakers as we've had regular monthly events. And we hope to continue this this year. You know, we have exciting lineup for the rest of the year and also for 2021. And we hope that we will be having offline events also sometime very soon as we used to high energy and very high powered events and for today we are really really excited because um you know as chris mentioned unilever is one of our uh, member companies and arif is also on our board and i was really excited when i saw on linkedin that ibu ira nofiarti is actually only the second woman CEO for Unilever in 87 years of history. And I said, wow, we've got to have her as one of our speakers. And luckily, as you all see today, we have her as our guest VIP guest speaker. So without further ado, let me introduce Ibu Ira. She is currently president director of one of the top FMCG players in Indonesia and worldwide. Unilever Indonesia. And Ibu Ira is a marketer, a leader, a lifetime learner, and a proud mother of two. Her experience with Unilever encompasses various categories and regions, including her time as the former managing director of Unilever Food Solutions Southeast Asia, when together with her team, she successfully recorded best performance globally for three years in a row. She started her career with Unilever more than two decades ago. 
she didn't realize that she would stay this long. And today she's actually holding the title of CEO, President Director. So let's hear her story. And of course, let her share uh, Unilever's vision for Indonesia. And let's learn, for me, this was the first time I learned about being purpose-led and future fit to grow your business sustainably. So thank you, Chris, and thank you, Ibu Ira. Let's hear from Ibu Ira now. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Chris and Sony, and to everyone that is attending to uh, today's uh, session. It's really a privilege to be uh, here with all of you. Um, you know, I heard a lot about Bridgecham and all the programs that you, you have. So uh, really an honor to actually be here with you to share with you our stories, uh, share with you my stories uh, of my journey with Unilever uh, Indonesia and Unilever as an, as an overall. And also probably uh, will be uh, keen to share uh, what did we experience when we entered the pandemic last year how the company is trying to navigate, pivot, change uh, in the middle of the crisis, and it can, unfortunately, the crisis still still continue until until now. Uh, I will, uh, if you may, uh, I will share within the next uh, 15, 20 minutes my presentations, and then after that, we'll we'll probably have a question and answer. I try to answer all the two questions. Um, and yeah, we'll be happy to, to share this with you. So yeah, um, before I talk about Unilever, it will be good to just share with you uh, my journey. I know that probably there is there in the, in the, in the questions, but um, before uh, I, I get into the how's the business is actually uh, doing during the pandemic and difficult situations, uh, will be good to just share with you my leadership journey. As uh, what Chris and, and Sony has said, it, it's, it's, it's quite a decade. It's almost like 25 years since I joined Unilever Indonesia back in 1995. And uh, I was graduated from the uh, uh, finance. Uh, I'm an, actually an accountant, uh, finance background, who end up being uh, accepted by Unilever as a marketer. So quite uh, the beginning of the journey is quite a big change for me from the accountant to be the marketer because, uh, uh, you know, uh, but I think what's interesting is that Unilever has its unique way of uh, identifying the talent. And that's what I like about the, the company. Uh, I've been in marketing most of the time uh, within the 25 uh, years of uh, my career. I think two thirds are actually spent uh, in marketing. And um, from beauty business to foods, to skincare, to hair care, back to foods uh, and uh, uh, handling ice cream uh, are, are pretty much what I experienced in the past, uh, what, uh, 25 years. And, um, uh, but I realized, you know, when you uh, see the marketing, when you do the marketing, you try to understand the, inside of the consumers, try to translate that uh, inside of the consumers into product innovation, try to land that product innovation with impact to the, to the larger uh, consumers in Indonesia on sometimes uh, actually outside Indonesia. It's very much linked to the, to the business, right? Because I think the marketing are really at the heart of the business, but that's what makes me uh, interested to know uh, what's the larger part uh, of the of the business itself, and that's the reason why, uh, after being quite sometimes in marketing, uh, I'm interested to understand about the business end to end. Uh, and uh, fortunately, I was given an opportunity by the company uh, back in 2010, uh, director for ice cream business uh, and also consumer uh, and media at the time. Now, a very, very different environment, of course, when you are looking into marketing, then you suddenly looking at the business uh, end to end, uh, you know, from supply chain to finance. And uh, I guess it's, it's kind of like a, a very operational, uh, not only have to be strategic, but you also have to professionally hands on. But I think that is uh, probably the beginning of my journey to be really interested in, the, in really the, the totality of the business. 
Um, so I think what has uh, brought me there uh, after quite some times, uh, I realized that I've been uh, in Indonesia too long. Uh, my, uh, the insight about the market, the insight about the channel, the retails, the competitive landscape has actually been really too Indonesian. And, and I realized I need to go out uh, to see a larger perspective outside Indonesia. Um, and um, that has actually brought me to handle the food solution business. Again, it's a completely different uh, business that I had before, because uh, we I used to be spending like what 15 years of my time doing marketing, doing uh, um, B uh, B two C, you know, uh, uh, marketing to to consumers. But this one is really about the B two B. Uh, completely different business uh, with a very different base and I have to move out from Indonesia uh, to, uh, uh, to look after Southeast Asia uh, and look after eight different countries within Southeast Asia. I guess as a woman at that time, it's, uh, it's something that you are kind of like at the beginning, I'm not really sure whether I can do it. Um, and I think also there is a bit of a comfort in myself having been in the market for many, many years uh, to actually really move out, right? And actually see the world. Uh, and at the beginning, I, I kind of like uh, not sure whether I want to actually take the role or not. But then I decided to take the role and move to Singapore uh, and handle this uh, B2B business. Uh, and it's very, very difficult at the beginning in the first year are actually super difficult because it's actually quite a big change and you have to go to eight different countries uh, almost like every week. Um, but I, I, I was glad, uh, I was really happy that I took that decisions uh, because that is where I really learned the most uh, as I experienced three different uh, big changes at the same times uh, where you know the base is different, the scope is different, eight different countries and uh, uh, the knowledge uh, I didn't actually really know about the B2B at all. So I think that's a very good, again, uh, uh, learning for me. Uh, don't be afraid to learn something new. You will not know your capacity until you really try it. Uh, once you try it, you stretch yourself and you just realize that you have that capacity to really learn and grow. Now, I think moving uh, uh, further, uh, again, I have an opportunity and given uh, the opportunity by the company to study, uh, to receive a program, a leadership program at Harvard and also INSEAD. Uh, again, this is also one of the very big milestone for me because uh, this is the place where I saw uh, and work together, uh, study together with uh, 30 different uh, women uh, CEO across the world. Uh, I guess as an Indonesian, you are kind of like always nervous when you see, you know, a very different uh, people from very different countries. But I think uh, that is where I, I really learned the most because uh, it's, Indonesia is actually a very big country uh, uh, and it's almost, you know, it will be difficult if, uh, we are not trying to see what's outside the world and then come back in uh, to lead uh, the business. So really an experience that uh, I have the privilege to, to have it. Uh, and then back to uh, Indonesia, uh, look after the beauty and personal care business back in 2008. Uh, at the time, so I'm not really sure whether I wanna come back because it took 20 years for me to get out from Indonesia. Uh, uh, to do the, the, the global and regional world, uh, but only after three years, I am asked to go back to Indonesia. But uh, again, I think uh, the emotional connections with the country, uh, you feel that you, you owe it to the teams, makes me decide to come back to Indonesia and do the beauty and personal care business, which is pretty much half of the uh, business of Unilever Indonesia. Uh, and the business at the time was under uh, difficult situations because we are having a negative growth for the first time after many, many years. Uh, so together with the team, uh, I, I look into the, uh, what's happening, what's the problem, we look into the brand, we look into the uh, portfolio and uh, brought the business back to positive growth in 20, 
2018 and also 2019. Uh, and then only two face another challenges in 2020. Uh, and it was like really not prepared uh, to face that challenges because, you know, we are ready to actually move the business to the next level at the times only to realize that we have to come back into the negative growth again because of the pandemic. It is not an easy uh, situation for me personally in beauty and personal care at the times. Uh, the first half year was like uh, you, your resilience are actually being tested and uh, you, you, know, you just have to go through and take one step at a time. Uh, but surprisingly, also the company is giving me the, the trust to lead the company at the end of 2020 to be the president of Unilever Indonesia. Uh, and again, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, I guess uh, that is something that I, I get the privilege, uh, but the responsibility is just uh, very big. And I, I, I feel really responsible to bring the company back to positive growth again. I guess I need to just uh, quickly uh, uh, move because uh, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to share the whole uh, chart that I have. So I, I can actually share, uh, we can actually have more of a question and answer. Um, my leadership purpose is to really about creating successful change by unleashing the potential in people and business. I guess coming from a very big family uh, has taught me uh, that everybody has the capacity to actually become the star. And uh, we need to believe in every possibilities. Um, and everybody deserves to have an A plus. So I think, uh, you know, being the, uh, coming from the big uh, uh, family has taught me that and uh, and that's kind of like uh, shaping my leadership purpose. Uh, I'm always interested when it comes into uh, growing talent, uh, growing people. That has actually been my uh, passion. But equally also uh, looking into the business where under turbulence, under problematic situations, and try to look into the what's the root cause, what's causing the business to actually be facing that turbulence. and and come with a, a, a strategic solution has also been my, my passions. Uh, so I love to fix something and unlock that potentials uh, to be, you're going to grow again. Because I think uh, we have to professionally, personally, the business, the brand have to grow, otherwise we, we die, right? Um, just to quickly share with you, uh, the purpose of the company are actually very clear. Uh, at Unilever, uh, our vision is to be the global leader in sustainable business. And we will demonstrate how our purpose-led and future-fit business model will drive superior uh, performance consistently. Uh, I know that there's always been a debate between uh, how can you be purpose-led and you know, uh, uh, be sustainable, uh, really looking into, be responsible to your environment, society, uh, the world, right? While equally also you have to deliver uh, the superior performance. Uh, and, and that has actually been the questions from many peoples. Uh, but in Unilever, we believe that uh, in doing business, we don't have to actually take away uh, what other people uh, deserve to actually have. So when we grow business, we want to make sure that we deliver a positive impact, uh, whether that's a positive impact to the social, whether that's positive impact to the environment uh, or our society, uh, we believe that you know, we have to be responsible as we grow. We don't take away uh, what is actually there in the world. In fact, how we can actually help the world to be a, a better place uh, uh, for a living for the people. So um, we set our ambitions uh, in early 2021, uh, Unilever Compass strategy to deliver our vision it guides our decision and actions. Uh, again, we look into the portfolio uh, brands. Uh, I think you're probably familiar with uh, Dove purpose. Uh, you're familiar with the Lifebuoy uh, purpose uh, where you want to really help the uh, hygiene, uh, health, uh, and equally also we are very passionately drive uh, diversity and inclusion with our brand. So, 
Uh, again, that has been guiding us uh, when we develop an innovation, when we develop a campaign, when we are working on the PNL. What's guiding us is that we need to do good to the society, we need to do good to the world. So I think that has actually been uh, uh, guiding uh, our uh, uh, way of actually doing business. Um, very quickly, um, it's, uh, it's quite a large company in Indonesia. It's around, what, 50, uh, 40, 48, I think probably this year, uh, trillion uh, rupiah or roughly around 2.6 uh, million euro business. Uh, we uh, are uh, the fourth largest uh, in the world uh, and we have nine factories, has been operating in 87 years. So uh, we know we actually have the responsibility to create the, that impact to the, to the country because you know the pain of the country has actually been the pain of Unilever Indonesia. Uh, and equally, I guess the our pain is also being become the pain of the uh, the country. So our vision is really about earning the love and respect of Indonesian people uh, by touching the lives and every Indonesians uh, every day uh, with our brands, with our uh, campaign, uh, with our sustainability living uh, program. Uh, we we know that if we want to grow, we need to help the country to also grow. And, and equally also how is, uh, you know, we can uh, work hand in hand as an ecosystem uh, with, you know, what exists in, in, in the country to be able to actually help us to also grow. Uh, I think that has actually been uh, our visions. Let me share with you, uh, you might actually ask the questions. I, I received these uh, questions uh, quite often from the people how, how would the company uh, facing uh, the crisis? It is actually a crisis. Uh, as a company, we have gone through three big crises in the past, in 1998, and then in 2009, 2010, and then another small, there is probably another small crisis, but today is actually the crisis where I cannot even compare to the 1998, because uh, it, it, it uh, change the way we actually uh, approach uh, our consumers, the way we are serving uh, the customers are really, uh, we have to actually be able to change because it's just uh, uh, so big uh, in terms of the, uh, uh, what is that, the challenge. So uh, we look into the uh, first, again, as a marketing company, uh, we usually start from the mind of the consumers. And we look into the, because, you know, in the pandemic, usually it's very easy for us to be pessimistic uh, and try to do the same thing again and again, which doesn't work, right? It wouldn't actually give you a different result by just doing similar things again and again. So what we're looking at is that at the first three months of the pandemic was like scanning. The scanning into the consumer inside, what the pain of the consumers, what do they actually, uh, uh, what is that, uh, stop using, what is that that they start using and all of that. And then we reshuffle and we really look again the strategy and what's come up. And of course, this is just simplified uh, versions of the strategy of Unilever Indonesia is that the, the consumers are really put the health and hygiene and nutrition to be the first uh, 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 important part uh, of the product that they would like to consume, right? Uh, and rightly so, because, you know, uh, in their mind, what's occupied is that, am I safe? Am I actually taking care of my children? Uh, am I actually being protected and all of that? Nobody wants to actually, at that time, it's like our, our sales in skincare and beauty was like down, you know? Nobody wants to actually wear lipstick, I guess, because you know you're wearing masks, and then uh, you're at home. Basically, you're not going to the uh, outside. You know, I, you know, it's probably only when I meet Chris and Sonny here, I'm putting on my lipstick. Uh, that is like, it's uh, but yeah. So health and hygiene and nutrition are really one of the things that we said um, uh, we want to do it. And then the, we also realized that the pandemic hit us and that is impacting the income of the consumers. 
the spending are actually uh, uh, basically people are actually losing income uh, and they don't have much money and that's why we are trying to relook again into the price and pack that we have to be what is that still fulfilling the consumer demand although their money is actually limited and the third one which is also quite interesting is that we see this surge in the in-home consumption uh, whether that's foods whether that is actually just you know uh really do it yourself uh, beauty stuff or even the home ice cream in home ice cream that is just small is actually suddenly becoming 10 times much larger uh, to uh, in, in to our business uh, so i think that's that's that has changed and learning for me is that uh, when we are facing very big challenges like that how quickly we are shifting our uh, our plan and be agile and be ready and and expect for the worst but prepare for for, for the best um, and so uh, something that I would like just to quickly share, and then after that, I'll, I'll open for maybe two or three slides I'll open uh, to question and answer. I guess everybody knows, right? Uh, it took, we have the plan, five years plan to digitize everything. We have the plan to build, the five years plan to build one-on-one -on -one relationship with the consumers, uh, customers, community through digital. What has taught us is that uh, that five years plan becoming one year plan. You expedite almost everything. You accelerate almost everything in when it comes to digital. The e-commerce was just surging like, it's like, you know, I, I, I cannot actually really imagine like people are just like using e-commerce and uh, we're glad that we are have been preparing that uh, future fit uh, 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 knowledge and, and, and strategy and plan into our organization. But uh, for, the com for the company that is not ready digitally, that is actually where they suffer. Uh, and usually it's the company uh, uh, where probably the scale is small. And we realize that, uh, that not every, uh, especially smallholders are ready to digitize the way they actually sell to people. So what we do also is to we 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 train uh, the almost 147,000 uh, retailers, small retailers across Indonesia, and LMT local modern trade supermarket. We train them how to actually uh, use digital and use that that digital to uh, reduce the transaction that will make them vulnerable. And also make them, you know, have the flexibility how to order, when to order, and depends on uh, the the money or the cash that they have. And we're 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 glad that we're doing that because their their life is also being helped while they're also helping us to also sell our product. Uh, again, uh, being the purpose led, uh, we know that we have to uh, support the country. Uh, and we've committed to uh, donate of roughly around 200 uh, billion rupiah uh, donations through PCR, masks, uh, products, you know, um, refrigerator uh, that are required for the vaccine and all of that. And, and that has actually been, uh, again, we were doing it also passionately because we want this country to actually get back into where uh, we were before, maybe not were before, but at least, uh, you know, we, we shared the pain. Uh, we uh, are sharing our help to support them. And uh, it's continuing uh, again until now, uh, how we can actually help them to um, land a successful program under vaccinations. Uh, so I think I don't want to actually kind of like uh, brag about what we are actually doing, but uh, passionately we're working hand in hand with the Minister of Health on uh, how we can actually help the government uh, really uh, land the vaccines uh, successfully uh, in this country. So I, I just stop there. I know uh, I'm taking probably longer time that I required for presentations, uh, but we'll be happy to take any questions from from you, Ibusoni? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably just uh, put down my uh, chart here so that we can see each other face to face. 
Thank you so much, Ibu Ira. That was very uh, inspiring and also really good to know uh, Unilever's uh, challenges as well as the vision for Indonesia, especially with this, as you said, the new normal and post-pandemic era. Yeah. Uh, I would like to start first with a few personal questions uh, before we get into the questions which are related to Unilever as a company. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm very curious, how did you know that Unilever is the right fit for you, you know, because I see that you started, this was your first job, and then for the last 25 years you have stayed with this company, something which is quite rare in today's uh, generation. So can you share with us that what is your experience and how did you know that this is the right fit for me? Yeah, it's, uh, you don't know at the beginning, right? When you are joining the company at that time was like, even when I joined, it's like, why am I actually end up in marketing where my background was really, I'm an accountant. Uh, but uh, I think, the, and then I said, the first five years, I said, I think I'm going to survive only five years in this company uh, at max. <laughs> Uh, but then you realize that there is actually one value that you, uh, the same value that you share together, which is we both, we mean me and Unilever, we both believe uh, in the growth of the people. Uh, Unilever believe that, you know, to grow the business, you have to grow the people. And I also have that values and I have that belief that in order for me to lead my business I have to be able to also lead my people, right? So uh, I think that is the that that shared value has kept me going uh, in in and also fall in love with the with the with the with the company. But I guess equally also um, you see, I think often we are asking the company what the company wants to give us, right? Uh, but uh, often we we don't actually offer to the company what can we actually uh, uh, deliver or you, you because at the end of the day it's like marriage right when you when you married you have to take all the good part of it all the good part of your partner all the bad part of the part the partner all the painful part and your ex exciting part it's like that's what marriage is all about but um, so I think you have. Um, that is actually my starting point. I'll take the bad part and the good part. But as long as your values with your partner, like your husband, or in this case, it's Unilever, are you know not like in con contrary, right? Uh, then you actually want to say, okay, I can make, make it happen because we share the same purpose, we share the same values. And that's what has been keeping me uh, in the company. Uh, and I think... Equally also because uh, through times, uh, we and I also understand more about what I want. Uh, and I explain to the company what I want. Uh, and equally also the company shared with me what they want. I think that is been, you know, has been keeping both of us in the same marriage for 25 years. Thank you. And I see that, you know, you have chosen love and respect, which are two very basic but very important values for any relationship. So that is really, truly really amazing. Yes. Okay. Can you also share with us who has been the biggest influence in your life? You know, why and how has this person impacted you in the choices you have made? If I can share, um, uh, so again, I look at things also professionally and also personally, right? Professionally, uh, I don't have a, you know, one specific person that has been influencing me uh, throughout my career. Uh, but I found that one thing that I uh, really influenced me a lot in every stage of my career are my mentor. So, uh, and don't, don't, as I always say to my team, especially the young women, the, the professional who wants to actually really grow their career, have ambitions, don't underestimate the power of mentor, right? Because, you know, the mentor or the coach or whatever you call it, uh, it's, it, it, it is really a good source for you to connect, to reflect, 
to use him or her as a mirror, right? For you to, to uh, again, you always have, a, usually you have reflections with yourself, right? When you have a reflection in yourself, what is limiting is that between you and yourself. But when you have a mentor, he would actually going to see these things uh, more neutral, right? More, and he, he, his agenda is basically, or her agenda is basically, he wants you to grow, right? He has a very good intent that wants to. So having the mentor in every stage of my career has actually been what's shaping me today. And um, now, again, I ask this, this question also many times by the, by the young uh, talent, because uh, I, I have a passion to really mentor young women and young professional, um, majority women, but of course there are also there is men. Um, you don't wait for the mentor to come to you. You go to a person who inspire you the most and ask her, can you be my mentor, right? Uh, and, and usually we are, I'm not actually kind of like uh, um, make it a common uh, comments, but we, we, what I did is that if I'm inspired with the person uh, and I know that, you know, chemistry wise, we also kind of like connect, I will come to her and say, can you be my mentor? And most of the cases, you basically will get yes as an answer. Because who wants to actually be saying, no, I don't want to be your mentor, right? <laughs> that's, uh, uh, so I think that's uh, have been shaping me uh, and my uh, leadership style and all of that. Uh, but uh, personally, uh, it's really have been my husband and my kids, because uh, probably my husband is more ambitious about my career than myself. Uh, and that has actually been the power of my uh, source of my energy for me. And my kids is my aspirations because, you know, I would like them to also learn from, from me. Uh, uh, and uh, equally, I would like to also learn from them. So I think now, as they are actually really grown up, one of them are studying in UK. When I'm down, like, you know, when you are facing this pandemic, I said, I don't know whether I can actually do it. You know, this is just so much challenges, you know. Uh, he will actually give me some advice and said, you know, it's uh, just take one step at a time. It's, it's amazing on how your kids uh, later is actually becoming your mentor. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I, I can share about uh, who inspired me. Thank you. Yes. And this actually brings it very nicely to my next question, which is that what, you know, you were saying and stressing on how important it is to have mentors and to be able to uh, actually get real life experience and learn from people who have been, who are successful in what they do. What other advice would you give millennials or aspiring fresh graduates who are looking to work in FMCG such as Unilever? What are some of the skills which are necessary to understand the consumer trends these days? Hmm. I think uh, the young uh, the, the young people now are are really nervous. Yeah, I I, I spoke with many young people who about to graduate, just graduate. They're all quite nervous uh, and and have us have a certain level of anxiety of whether I get the job. I think that's the basic part first, right? Do I get even my son who's actually studying in UK was like oh, I'm going to graduate in the six month times, but I'm not really sure I will actually get the job, you know, in, in here in UK um, or maybe in other part of the world because it's uh, the, 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 the organization or the company are, are, are looking into, also they have to also save the people that is inside the company before they recruit from outside, right? Uh, and the unemployment is also at all times high here in Indonesia. Now it's reaching like what, uh, almost uh, 10% uh, unemployment. And, and that is, I, I'm not sure until the end of the year that will come down. So, but uh, it's, it's, it's easy to be nervous and have that anxiety amongst the, the young people, so whether I got the job or not. But what I would like to share, uh, tell them is that there are many industries that is thriving also during the pandemic. 
there are many com uh, company that is you know growing very very fast and if uh, like for example e-commerce based company right health and hygiene technology also technology companies also kind of like thriving under this so if if they exist this i said to these people uh, this young talent if you see and don't generalize the situations and see what are the industry and the company that is thriving, they need actually very good people. They recruit people uh, uh, today, in fact. Uh, even the supply chain, actually the supply, our supply chain talent is actually really hotspot now because everybody wants to make sure that their supply chain are actually really intact during the pandemic. So. So that is one advice I give to them. The second is that um, skills uh, that you need to have, whether you are working in finance, you are working in the retails, FMCG, or you know, um, everywhere, uh, you have to be uh, digitally savvy. Uh, it's become the basic. Uh, it's become a step of food, right? Uh, you you need to know. Uh, uh, digital and also the key principle of technology, because uh, this is actually just becoming more and more and more and more uh, important for tomorrow. Uh, in fact, if you have the skill of actually understanding about the digital commerce, that itself are being the key advantage for you. The second one that I will also share to these young people is that uh, agility and resilience are required, right? I think being uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, uh, they are actually more agile than us. Usually, as an older people like me, was like changing the decisions in the middle of things are not easy. But again, agility. I learned agility and resilience will will make them thrive uh, in 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 the, you know not only today but in the in the future because we don't know uh, how is the the world is actually going to be. And we just need to pivot uh, when we are seeing that the situation is not happening as what we plan it to be. And we need to be ready to pivot uh, and be agile about that. Thank you. Yes, uh, we have many, many questions on the Q&A. So I would like to invite Chris to please uh, take over and uh, ask Ibu Ira some questions. Uh, thanks very much, Sonny. Um, yeah, the, there are lots and lots of questions. We won't have time to get through them all. I'm going to bundle similar, similar ones. Um, from one of our board members, Ranjana Singh, um, uh, a question relating to women on the board. And also Alistair has asked a question about the number of uh, women in executive positions at Unilever. So if we can begin with that one, uh, how many women uh, to the best of your knowledge, are there in executive positions within Unilever? And secondly, what value do you believe that women add to uh, a board such as Unilever? Thank you. Yeah, so uh, before I explain about the Unilever Indonesia, um, you know, again, as the organizations, we do believe that having a gender balanced workforce should actually be a given, right? It, it should be something that we are uh, uh, doing as an organization. Uh, we are very proud to have the tremendous progress in reaching our goals of equal representations of women and men uh, amongst the management. Uh, and we have accomplished the, uh, the progress uh, within, within, within the board of Unilever Indonesia. We are 10 of us at the board, uh, six of us are women, uh, for our men. Uh, we want equality, but 60%, uh, 40%, I think still okay. Uh, I think it, uh, that is, uh, so we've reached that, uh, 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 you know, gender balance at the board. Um, and when we look into one level uh, below board, we also have reached 50-50 uh, on the senior leadership, like around what, how many, how many of us? 75 uh, directors within Unilever Indonesia, we have reached 50-50 uh, uh, in terms of gender. Uh, and also if you look into another layer below that, uh, which is the management uh, level, manager level, uh, we have also reached our gender uh, equality. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the journey because uh, I also happened to be the, uh, the chairman of the 
diversity and inclusion for Unilever Indonesia for the past uh, four, four years. And we made a uh, very tremendous progress on there. Uh, the area that we still have a lot of homework, uh, to be honest, is, and we need, we still have a big job to be done, is in the area of supply chain and sell, sales. Manufacturing uh, are, are really, you know, it doesn't look, uh, it's still very much very low. And sales also, especially the people on the sales field are actually still low. So we still have a hotspots or jobs to be done in supply chain, manufacturing, sales. Now, um, what's the uh, why, why we need that? So we believe that, I think, uh, again, it's not about diversity, but also inclusions. We believe in the richness, diverse team, because uh, you know a more diverse team are, I believe, again, this is also coming from the beliefs of the leaders, will come with the much richer uh, decisions, right? Because I think if we are actually only looking into one stereotype or kind of a thinking, uh, that will lead on, only into one very dimensional uh, decisions. Now, if I can describe probably my journey, again, uh, when I uh, uh, lead uh, Food Solutions a couple of uh, years back, uh, and that, that job are actually usually very hard, hardcore job for guy. It's a very hardcore job because it's a very heavy job, right? You go to the market, you go, it's a field job, require uh, long hours and all of that. Now, uh, I made that changes to from 20% uh, female, 80% uh, male to become 50-50. And it just, you know, it's just shown by the result on how that has actually really impacting possible, positively to the result of what we are actually delivering. So um, the decision is becoming uh, richer because, you know, uh, men and women are actually really different, right? They're wired also differently. The way I keep thinking, we, uh, I don't want to actually generalize, uh, but it's, it brings some unique difference to a discussions uh, and unique difference to a decisions. Uh, and I don't want to be over too much uh, female also. I think that's not right. Uh, so again, that's the purpose of actually balance uh, uh, are there so that we can come with a much rich holistic uh, point of view from a very diverse people. And not only about gender, but also background, nationality uh, as well. Great to hear. So it's, it's all about balance all the way around. Um, an interesting question, Buira, uh, come from somebody, uh, from Eisen, actually. Um, I, I know you mentioned earlier that uh, when it came to um, so some of your um, uh, people on the ground, you, you've helped them out digitally, um, digitizing their businesses, so it helps them with their ordering, their stock, their cash flow, that sort of thing. Um, the, the question here is about whether, uh, whether specific help is given to local Indonesian micro and small entrepreneurs to, to help them be sustainable in their own business ventures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think if you look into the, because I think the small entrepreneurs are quite big, right, Chris, in Indonesia. Millions of, uh, and in a very different industry. Uh, so what we are actually focusing on, us focusing on for Unilever Indonesia is that uh, the part that is part of our ecosystem, which is the small retailers. The small retailers, it's like what almost uh, five half million probably all over Indonesia. Uh, but we we decide to actually because of the capacity that we are actually able to do, we decide to in, engage with the one hundred almost one hundred fifty thousand small retailers. So we're looking into not only about equipping them about the basic principle of the digital, but equally also help during that pandemic. Uh, I remember we made that decision in uh, August last year uh, is to provide them the financial support because they they you know their cash is limited, right? Yeah. Uh, but you don't actually like give them financial support just giving it to them. But they said that for for every purchase, 
that you make for every sales that you make for the next three months, you can actually use that profit back for you. So it's it's you use that again to become your uh, to 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 be your apa sih namanya modal modal to again buy again uh, uh, other stuff. So I think, but we know there are still three hundred fifty thousand small retailers out there, even the small entrepreneur. And Unilever alone cannot actually do that, right? So I think it's an invitation. Always we actually not like, we're not tired of actually inviting more of the uh, companies to really, because it's it's nothing in terms of the, it doesn't require so much budget. It, it requires knowledge, skills, persistent, you know, patience. Uh, we need to reach this rest of 350 million small retailers to be able to to use digital to become more digital savvy uh, at least the basic part of it uh, so i think our journey not journey i think my uh, commitment is also to collaborate more and more with more companies you know like uh, you know like astra or danone uh, so that the impact that we can land can actually be bigger the scale can be bigger and, and this really feeds into your assertion earlier that uh, if you can do things, whether it's as Unilever or in collaboration and Indonesia grows, then there is the sustainable growth for your business as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we get that. Um, uh, it's going to be difficult to pick off these questions. There are so many and there's some really, really good ones, but um, I think the team can share them with your with your team and uh, there might be an opportunity to, to answer offline. Um, what, one question came in from um, uh, a viewer that actually is the head of Britcham's Human Capital and Education member focus group, Dr. Paul Aitken. Um, his, his personal area of interest is very much around agility and leadership. Okay. And um, he, he asks, how do leaders create a culture of agility which enables employees to innovate sustainably? Um, I, I guess he, here he's re referring to, we often see a great initiative coming out of an employee, but rarely a great one followed by another one followed by another one followed by another one. So this 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 sustainable innovation. It's I think that's a very uh, very good question. It's not easy to answer that question, uh, right? Um, so again, uh, if I ref if I reflect to what we're actually uh, doing in Unilever. We are now moving from a fixed, allocated, uh, uh, what is that, uh, talent, uh, uh, positioning talent in the fixed, allocated jobs to become agile. So we are actually, we are now in the journey, still learning. Uh, we are now actually in the journey to actually go into the agile ways of working. Because uh, usually, just to, just to describe with you, uh, we have like, just an illustration, we have one senior brand manager, let's say senior brand manager for Pepsodent. Uh, and that person is just doing Pepsodent day in, day out, you know, for the next, for the three years, right? Uh, and um, looking at the marketing and all of that. And uh, so we found that is, is for the future, is not sustainable. Uh, for the future, we are actually looking on how can he actually be part also of the, uh, uh, the program uh, where the company is actually set a priority, right? Like 10 priorities. How can she uh, not only doing a certain part of the job, but also be part of the key agenda of the, uh, of the company? So we have a method that is, that is now we are implementing in some of the units that we have. Uh, it's not easy because it's changed, it changed some mindset, you know, because, you know, I used to be just looking after ice cream business. Now I have to actually look into beyond that. I think it's, 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 it's not an easy change, but we are trying to establish that, uh, uh, that model into our organizations. Uh, so still very much pilot, but I believe that this agile ways of working in the future is becoming more and more uh, required for the large organization or even small organizations. Uh, so I think that's the, now 
there is caveat though to be able to make these agile ways of working work you need to come with a very full empowerment uh, you have to have the good level of empowerment to the people then trust them uh, to 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 really do their best job in delivering uh, the the program because if we try to interfere uh, in the process you're not actually getting the best out of the of the person or, or getting the best out of the team so i think that's where we are still learning but uh, we start the the journey already Thank you very much. I, I suspected it was a, a deep and meaningful response needed. And uh, uh, but perhaps at some stage, uh, Dr. Paul and yourself can get together and talk at greater leisure. Um, just one final question, I, I, I think for now, and you, you referred a fair bit to the pandemic and uh, uh, ways in which um, Unilever has, has lent support and been a responsible corporate citizen. Um, you referred to this being the third major crisis, if you like, 1998, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, yeah, 2007, 2008. And then, of course, now. So could, could I just conclude by asking, what do you think will be the lasting positive impacts of the pandemic? the lasting positive impact of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, couple of things uh, there. First is that I think uh, the pandemic has teach us uh, to actually be more resilient, right? So I think from that, that perspective, it's no questions about it. We are actually as a, as a country also, not only a country as a world also, we are actually more resilient because we, we never know this coming, but it's just that the capacity of the human being to adopt uh, are actually quite amazing. Uh, we know, I think I'm going to talk about from the, from the industry perspective, uh, the digital, the digit, the, anything is actually going to be digital. Everything is actually going to be digital. So not actually be participating and not actually be ahead of the game in digital will make us actually behind. I'm, I'm not talking about the company only, but also individually, right? It, it, it's the space where usually the people at my age or you're still young, Chris and uh, Busoni, uh, are a bit reluctant to, not reluctant, you're nervous, right? But you have to actually be able to adapt yourself because everything is actually going to be uh, uh, digital um, and e-commerce will actually be there to stay. Uh, and we just actually going to see how these surging and accelerations of digital commerce are going to be there uh, for the next two, three, four or five years. Uh, and I think uh, us as an organizations needs to equip ourselves uh, with the technology and digital to be able to, again, win the game uh, and, and survive with this game because we don't know, I hope there's no other pandemics coming in. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, I think I know that I probably just come up with the two things that on top of my mind, I'm sure that it's actually couples more, uh, but that's what has, has been touch us, uh, teach us. Uh, well, from, from me, thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure to share this platform with you. Uh, I'd just like to apologize for those people who put questions in. We're already into overtime. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we, we'll do our best to find a way of uh, navigating those questions over to Ibuira or her team. Um, and I'd like to hand over to, to Sonny to, to give this wonderful webinar a wrap. Thank you, Chris. Thank you again, Chris. And thank you so much, Ibuira, for that really uh, enlightening session and for your sharing and your insights. And uh, for me, really, uh, since I, we created this invitation, the questions, the two questions I ask myself every morning now is that, am I being purpose-led? And am I being future fit, even for my own personal self? And I think this is something that we can all strive to, uh, you know, uh, ask each, each and every one of us for ourselves as our vision, especially with this pandemic, because I think those of us who are, who are not clear about our purpose and are not 
being fit for the future, we will really be in trouble when this pandemic is over. And as you said, as you mentioned again and again, the importance of digi digitalization and collaboration. So even if you're a big retailer, you need to do business with small retailers. And I think this is where we all can grow together. And that has also been part of my learning for this last one year. So thank you so much again. And uh, we really are uh, honored to have had you with us today. And we hope that there will be other speakers, as Chris mentioned. We have Pa'arif on our board, and we would like to have other speakers from Unilever joining us at, for future uh, topics and events. And to everyone also, please join us for our next events. We have events uh, once a month from the Professional Women Group, and there are other events from Bridgechamps sector groups. And thank you to all our annual partners uh, for the professional group events. That is 57 Promenade, Shell, uh, South Quarter, and of course, Unilever. Yeah. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Thank we look you so much, Sunny. you, yes. And see you all. Thank you. I'll Thank see you all. You.